Bosley Crowther of the New York Times said the color is handsome, the scenery in the Bahamas is an irresistible lure, even the violence is funny. Nick Hilditch of BBC.com said you have a classic Bond film that wants for nothing but a trim. And Emerson Batdorf of the Cleveland Plain Dealer said in addition to the physical machines there is a lot of deus ex machina involved too, but only a critic would carp about that. Just go to watch the most remarkable things. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we decide the fate of Thunderball. Which one will it be? Greetings, Starfighters. It's time for another Rune Childhoods. John, you're like, what is, can we say good journey at the end? You enjoy it? I just enjoy it. I'm just enjoying the whole, Yeah, I'm enjoying this. Me too. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Oh boy. (laughs) How's your week been going, John? My week has been a little crazy. I'm solo parenting right now and it's fine when i do that when it's days when my kid goes to daycare and i can like leave Mm -hmm. for a while but holiday weekend her school has had teacher training so it's been a little crazy um so i mad respect to everybody out there who's got a toddler with them well, All day, every day. Mad respect and shout out to the single parents who are single parenting full time. Like whenever that is when, very true. When, when I'm alone with with my daughter and and people's, you know, people that I'm working on, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, because my wife travels quite a bit. And uh when I'm alone with her and people say, Oh, so you're so you're a single parent, you're single dad, and I'm like, Well, nope, not. I said, I, I said, nope, because yeah. this is, it's, it's temporary. And I, you know, I've got a lot of. Right. That's solo, why I say solo. Exactly. Temporary yes. solo situation. So anyway, kids asleep. We are recording an episode of Ruined Childhoods. Uh, we will be talking about the fourth film in the James Bond series, yes. Thunderball. But first. We're going to talk about some reboot, prequel, sequel, whatever news. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Dan, have you seen the trailer for Terminator Dark Fate? You read my mind and took the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) I was hoping you would lead in with that. Yes, I have. Oh, what do you think? I, I'm optimistic. I'm. I, I let James uh-huh. Cameron. I didn't realize I knew that they were making Terminator Dark Fate. What I and I knew that Linda Hamilton was back as Sarah Connor and I knew that Schwarzenegger was back. Mm-hmm. I didn't know much more. I think I knew that Diego Luna was was in it. And um, is her name Mackenzie Davis? I'm OK, great. Yes. So I I mm-hmm. wasn't aware I hadn't done too much digging I feel like I've kind of been burnt by the Terminator franchise. I I felt like I I 
like Terminator 2 is one of my all time favorite movies. I love the first Terminator and I thought Terminator 3 was damn good. And then Terminator Salvation was okay. And then Terminator Genesis was more to me just like a a video game as like I felt like it would have been so much more fun as a video game to like because it went between the timelines of all the different movies and like it jumped. And I was like, I was kind of. Like, oh, that would be a cool movie where, like, all of a sudden, okay, so you do this and then you disappear again. And then you're there in Terminator 3 or you're in Terminator Salvation and you're fighting the robots. So Terminator Dark Fate, apparently, from what I've heard, picks up the timeline after Terminator 2 and disregards the rest of the franchise. And yeah. says, this is the pickup from Terminator. And James yeah. Cameron being involved creatively gives me hope. Sure. And I mean, yeah, whoever edited the teaser really made you like it really drew you in. And I feel like it was done for those Terminator oh, 1 definitely. and 2 fans uh, where it's it just John, it was Linda right. Hamilton with a shotgun. Uh, you know, yes, everything was right. It was super badass. So, just going back to what you were saying, um, I remember seeing Terminator Genesis, but I couldn't tell you anything about it. I remember Schwarzenegger is in it, and there's an explanation of how the their skin ages the way that human skin ages that's to well, explain I'm, that I'm whole sure situation but like beyond that i really don't yeah, I'm remember sure, and anything. i'm sure they'll cover that in dark fate because in the tr- in the teaser we do see arnold with a with a beard and you know older a glimpse so, yeah I, and it, yeah yeah i th- and i think that mackenzie davis is a really cool choice for the you know the good yeah cyborg yeah that you know comes back uh and it it's a really cool touch that they had in where it's like you you seem so human and she's like I am human and it's like I'm, I'm that intrigues me so much I just really want to yeah, know what's it, going on yeah I like um, that and I'm I'm sure that we'll talk in more in depth about the Terminator movies in a, it's yes. in their own episode but um but I feel like this is a really cool at least first look at what we should expect. I mean, the, the new Terminator as in mm-hmm. the bad guy Terminator, uh, just, well, you know what ooh, though? It chilling. looks like they went back to the liquid metal Terminator, which was, I think a smart move. <laughs> yeah. And it's like a yeah. new version of that. So it's like taking that, taking the forward and let's just, also give props to Terminator 2 for being such a great sequel where it's like the original Terminator. Yeah. Great movie. Did they need to do anything else? Probably not, but they did. And it like really really Terminator 2 is next level. And it's the type of thing where you watch it today and it is still, there are still parts that are mind blowing. And in fact, it, to me, that type of action is preferable to much of the action that we see, that we see today. All due respect to John Wick, to, 
any of the other action yeah. movies, but I, I really, um, yeah, lo- like the Terminator, Terminator two is just next level stuff. I'm going to save the thing, the rest of what I'm thinking for yes, it, the Terminator, it's a Terminator episode. episode. Okay. Um, cause I, I have so oh, many yeah. thoughts oh. about that. Um, yes. moving along, this is, this is not quite, um, this is not movie reboot news, but just because I am interested in this subject matter, Kelsey Grammer says that there's a bunch of Frasier reboot ideas kicking around. I've heard this. So I've heard this. I mean, yeah, I mean, as of like yesterday, he was like, yeah, there's like five or six things that we're discussing. So it's like, is this actually going to happen? I and don't know. John, to pick um, up. So right now, as as we're recording this, the Cannes Film Festival is is going on and Sylvester Stallone is there promoting both the the, the new uh, remastered first cut of first blood which celebrates its 35th anniversary part of the class of 84 um which we've discussed before is just being <laughs> yeah. a phenomenal movie here <laughs> but so he's presenting first blood and he's pre- presenting footage from rambo 5 while he's there he's also discussing other films they're discussing adapting cobra into a series so, which is right. interesting because then Cobra has its ties, and I w- I always wondered if if they were going, if they were going for like a franchise with Cobra, and it just didn't work out. But uh, Cobra kind of shares some DNA with Beverly Hills Cop, which yeah. So um, that's right. Stallone was originally going to be in Beverly Hills Cop, and then he wanted it to be a little bit more actiony and. More like, More Cobra, like Cobra, so he just was was like, "Yo, I'm gonna go yeah. do Cobra." So that's what that was quote, and he sure just said now, that exactly. That, that we just played a recording festival, yeah. And but uh, <laughs> so Sylvester Stallone was there talking about, and he was talking about you know Creed, and he also talked about the possibility of yet another film in the Rocky. Series, which actually answered a question of mine, <laughs> which is, do, okay. do we consider Creed to be the continuation of the Rocky franchise or a spinoff from it? And re- reading Sly's interview, it seems that he considers Rocky to be a separate, you know, a part of the same family tree. But it seems because he said that he's not going to do any more Creed movies but he has an idea for another Rocky movie. So I just felt, especially uh, considering that that's what our last episode was, was about <laughs> Rocky four and Creed two. Yeah. It, I, it really struck me as interesting that, Oh, okay. So then you're going back to Rocky, but yet are these, so it's not, it's like going to be Rocky. Well, the last Rocky was the sixth one, Rocky Balboa, so then this would be Rocky seven. <laughs> so, well, but also, okay. I could see it bouncing back from Creed two, which ends with him seeing reconnecting yeah. with his son. And it's like, do we then pick back up with the son, like his son? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't I'm know. curious about that. 
Because he certainly can't. Like that character cannot fight again. Rocky. Like, no, I, I feel no like it. And it's, what's interesting is if you consider Creed 2 like an unofficial like remake of Rocky 4, it almost. I, and I'm not quote. I'm not looking at the article right now, but I feel like it, it was something about him, like kind of finding someone, like I guess findings. Uh, and I, I, it might be like I think he, he's an uh, like undocumented immigrant that not Rocky. He finds like this un undocumented immigrant right. and trains him to fight it. So almost like a a, a, a Rocky Five reboot. I don't know. Weird. weird yeah okay I, I all right so i don't uh, i want to i want cliffhanger well, where's cliffhanger two where's demolition man two where is cliff well cliffhanger two is or not cliffhanger two but aren't didn't we just talk oh, about a reboot yeah, of cliffhanger we did we did a few we episodes did. ago reboot of of uh yes of, so, of cliffhanger yeah we did i don't remember the details but yeah so i guess they're rebooting it. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I remember. I guess they're doing a remake uh, moving, of Cliffhanger. Moving along. Um, uh, yeah, just moving along, though, uh, I did read that Chris Rock is going to reboot the Saw I, franchise. I saw that. Oh, I, okay. I mean, I couldn't <laughs> avoid that. I have seen this news. Um, just in it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think there's too much to say i you know it's just i feel like okay let's see it's chris rock doing it like i guess he's doing it because he's a fan and i'm guessing he's like hey i'm a fan of this franchise who has some really good ideas of how to revive it and why not i have the resources yeah that's great the way i feel about it very exciting um the uh next the next bit of news is that uh the Mortal Kombat movie reboot uh, has secured a release oh. date. So uh, I don't know if you ever saw the um, the the Mortal nope. Kombat movie, <laughs> but it was terrible. But if um, people can hold off a little bit until March 5th, 2021, we can see if this one is also going to be a disaster. Um, so... We'll see about that. I can that. only imagine I it, it would maybe be not. at least more entertaining. I, I'm, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be my cup of tea, but I, I didn't see the original Mortal yeah, Kombat, so I guess an I, audience really, for it. I can't say anything, nor did I see the sequel. Well, they 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 uh, released a new Mortal Kombat video game that performed really well, so I'm sure that they're hinging on the success of that. Great. And... Um, the one other bit of news that I have is about an Invisible Man reboot. So I don't know if this, I think that this is falling into the, the dark universal, universe. The, right. Like the, like the mummy, like the mummy was part We're of. We're going to get a Frankenstein and, yeah. and a Dracula. So I think it's it's going to be a Monster of, Squad reboot. It's going to be a monster squad, right? So um, this is going to star Elizabeth Moss and um, Storm Reid from A Wrinkle in Time. So uh, they say it's it's about a woman who begins to rebuild her life after the suicide of her abusive ex-boyfriend, only for subsequent events to make her question her sanity and believe that her former partner might not be truly dead. 
and uh, it's going to be released in 2020. And that's um, from Blumhouse Productions, who has been doing, they've been doing like horror movies um, since, what is it, 2007, Mm -hmm. 2008, around there. And uh, most recently, they did like Glass and uh, Halloween. They've also done, uh, did they do the, uh, I think they might have done Get Out. Did they oh, also do that one? Possibly. I'm just looking at a list of the, yeah, they did get out. So um they've been putting out a lot of good stuff. So maybe their instincts are good and this will be this will be a good one. I mean, this is a movie that's been re or a story that's I'm, been rebooted since like the uh, yeah. 30s. Yeah, I mean the original the novels by H.G. Wells. Yeah. And then you've got, yeah, so right. 1930s. I, the one that, that I'm, that I remember, I think is from 2000, Hollow Man with, uh, with Kevin Bacon and directed by Paul Verhoeven of Robocop and Total Recall. And it's very much, it's, it's very, yes, Paul it's very Verhoeven-y. Paul Verhoeven y. And I'm pretty sure it's like the second consecutive movie where Kevin Bacon did like frontal nudity. So. Yeah, for some reason, it's like I don't I remember Elizabeth Shue in that movie, Kevin Bacon and Kevin Bacon's penis. Right. I remember. Oh, yeah, oh and you know, oh, you know who else was in that movie? William Devane was in that movie. William, I you know, it's like I, I can barely picture his face, but I can picture you could his voice picture his only voice. saying the name William Devane. William Devane. I like William Devane takes his time with enunciation and I appreciate that. <laughs> like for some reason, his voice is more distinctive to me than his face. I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've always had a pretty clear if someone said William, like I couldn't. For a long time, couldn't tell you like what William Devane was in, except for like that Bad News Bears movie where he was the coach. But uh-huh. I, I could always, if you said William Devane, I was like, oh yeah, he's that guy. He's on TV. So- <laughs> yeah, you you'd recognize him. Twenty four. Oh, he was he, on um, what TV show? Yeah, he was, he was I mean, on twenty four. A lot of TV shows. Yeah, but yeah, he was he was on and. It, was he the president he was on 24? the secretary of state. And then I believe he was the pr- the president. Right. There was a plot line where like he was going to be assassinated. He was and his daughter like was dated Jack Bauer. Oh yeah. And he was also in hollow man. <laughs> William Devane. <laughs> William Devane. Uh, so Moving right along to the whole reason why everybody's listening to this podcast. We're we're talking yeah, about that's Thunderball, right. it's baby. Time. We're <laughs> we're going we're going back. We're going back to 1965. Yeah, so when this movie came out, at the time it was like the most expensive movie made. It was kind of like an it was a win before it was even made. Like the first three James Bond movies were just so successful that it's like they could do a movie where Sean Connery like takes a crap in a hat and it'll just make <laughs> zillions of dollars. And instead they made Thunderball. <laughs> I'm imagining Sean Connery walking into a studio executive's office like and throwing a fit. I'll take a shit in a hat if I do that film. <laughs> 
Rather than do another Darby O'Gill. No. Um, yeah, so, I, I mean, Dan, well, let's let's just give like a brief synopsis of Thunderball, which was clearly the movie where they were just like, hey, we've got like underwater cameras. Oh, what do definitely. you think? There are some awesome sequences in, in Thunderball. So Thunderball is all about, uh, Thunderball, I think, introduces us to Spectre to the the criminal organization of of Spectre mm-hmm. because at that point I think they had done they you know they from Russia with love and Goldfinger Dr. No so I felt it feels like now they're they're feeling like okay we need to establish this criminal network right and it should also be noted that Thunderball was the 007 movie that they wanted to make first but couldn't secure the rights to and so we'll, that's and, why and the, thund- the rights to Thunderball. I will we'll we'll be talking about that later on because it it, it the, the whole it. issue of of rights around Thunderball is what makes it a very unique entry in the James Bond franchise. But so in this in uh-huh. in Thunderball, yeah. Spectre steals two. Um, I be, I be, are they nuclear warheads? Um, they're, atomic, yeah, atomic yeah, bomb yeah, d- missiles, um, weapons of mass destruction, WMDs. So they, uh, so th- they've stolen these, and basically James Bond is trying to to find them. It's so, sometimes I have sometimes when, as I'm watching the movies, I need to pause them and rewind them a little bit to like catch up with with the the plot, see what I'm missing, but. I mean, I feel like that's kind yeah. of the basic plot is and and the the agent who's doing this is number two inspector and his name in this is um, Emilio Largo. They've Lar- I know Lar- Largo. It's yeah, Largo. He's play, it's played by Adolfo Celli, who is he's great. Yeah. And and Dan, who do, who does number two work for? <laughs> you show that turner's boss. <laughs> I <laughs> I want to talk. We'll, we'll get back to that. Uh, yeah, too. when when he was when he was announced as number two, I was just like, well, "That's awesome." I, I, I mean, it. and it doesn't stop there. <laughs> but anyway, so that's right. so so James Bond goes through this process of getting getting to know Largo through his his. <laughs> He I, he, I think she goes as travels with him as his niece, but she's really just like his like concubine domino. Right. Yeah. Domino. So and so, of course, James Bond like romances her and gets and gets her assistance in, you know, finding where they where the missiles are. So and the, and they're I think they're on his boat. He's got them on his boat. Or I, yeah, mm-hmm. I, this like watched, super within yacht. the last like week and a half, I've watched Thunderball and Never Say Never Again, which is a remake of Thunderball. And so I'm, yeah, we'll but I'm just, ex- if bit. I get any details confused, that, that could be why. So, but. Gotcha. So Bond has to, so Bond kind of like, you know, gets in, he kind of does what he's always does with the villains in this, where it's like the villains know who he is and what he's up to. And he knows who they are when they all act like they don't know. And yeah. 
It's like they hang yeah, out like with he each invites other. Him for, he's like, oh yeah, like, come to my place for lunch. And and meanwhile, it's like he's like, come over tomorrow so I can kill you. And Bond's like, okay, yeah, and you're gonna try to kill me. <laughs> That's not what he's saying. That's what yeah. they're thinking. It's it's yeah, it's very much just like, why don't you kill this person right now? Why are now? you pretending to like each other? You obviously don't like you. You know that as soon as you part ways, like the the bad guy is going to tell one of his henchmen to be, you know, um, you know, stay, stay close to Mr. You know, keep keep a close watch on Mr. Bond and, you know, report his activities to me or they'll turn on like the sea. The, the- yeah. And it's like, uh, seriously, like you. <laughs> You make you want me to go through all this stuff and do all this work? Yeah, when you could he have was just standing killed him right in front of you just now. All right. Yeah, there's yeah. guns all over it's the. It's like I did. I did want to go see my well, family, it's like when the, but when, you when, know, <laughs> I guess like, I'll do this oh, now. Great. Yeah. Hmm. Couldn't do that one for yourself. Uh, it's always funny to me <laughs> how the Bond villains are. I totally. I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. I hit a wall. The Bond villains well, are anyway. I will uh, so one one thing that's notable about Largo is his very yes. distinctive eye patch. Uh, very smart looking. Um, you got to appreciate yeah. that in the Bond villain. So and that in his phenomenal shark pool that he has. Right. So so he's got this crazy pool of with these sharks you know just floating around in there. Oh, and oh, this no, you were saying what's up. I was gonna say it's all set in the in the Bahamas, so uh, yeah, it's a very interesting looking. Movie. It's a very nice. I mean, it's a really well shot, nicely shot um, movie. Yeah. I think there's a lot of sequences in it that are really, uh, really exciting, and like the, the underwater spear gun fight. <laughs> right. Well. Right. So a lot of this movie does take place underwater. Uh, the first scene that really takes you there is when they are stealing the um, mm-hmm. these these missiles and like hiding this plane. And like there's so much stuff that happens. Uh, and then it, like most of the end of the movie is just all underwater. There's also a scene where Bond is in the shark pool and it's just like, we get it. You've got an underwater camera. Cool. But it, it is cool, though. <laughs> it is cool, but one issue that I had with it is that because they're underwater, there's no dialogue. It's just... Music and fighting. You know, and, music. Or sharks. And some sound effects and stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I did start to like doze off towards the end though, just because it was like not enough for me to cling on to. And I think that I have a lot of trouble with, uh, with these older bond movies where it's and it also, I mean, it's mostly just because we're so used to like movies well, now, like the mission the, impossible well, the Dan- movies the or even Craig, to some like extent. Casino Royale. Yeah, but some of the some of the scenes in like there there are big chunks of the new Bond movies where they kind of take their time, but um, they they do catch your attention a little bit more. But I think that that's just in the way that they're keeping up with, you know, modern day yeah. 
technologies and and techniques but uh i just have a little bit of a harder time with, and it's it also a long movie it's I, i've always no i've yeah. i've always had so, that um, like i want to really love watching bond movies but i always doze off like yeah i, I mean i watched thunderball throughout a few sittings just because i mean both because of the time that i had but also just I'm like i'm gonna fall asleep and so yeah. but i think i would i nodded off more during the like i would say after around like the first half hour i remember in fact the fir- when i sat down to watch it initially and i fell asleep and then i kind of woke up and was like oh man you know turn it off and then i went back to watch it the next day and saw where i was and i was like wait a second i only watched a half hour <laughs> well, I th- I think that one of the things is that there's a yeah. lot of characters and especially women. You know, it was such a big thing at the time to oh, be a yes. Bond girl. Like that's really when it was like becoming like a big thing. And in this movie, it's like there are at least three women that Bond beds, latches onto. The first being very problematic for me because... That he beds, yeah. Well, I don't know. Can you count the bottom of the ocean as bedding a woman? <laughs> I, I, I mean, the, well, that is the one the of them bed, does happen. The, the ocean bed, the yes, yes, is the, the ocean bed. Yes. Yeah, there we go. So it works. So, um, so the first one is very problematic because she is like telling him no and stop, and he goes for it, and then all of a sudden it's just like, oh yeah, and now she's just all about him. Okay. <laughs> yep. Well, um, that that wouldn't happen no, now. No. No. 1965, though it no. was. I mean, well, it was seen for James Bond. It was like, well, of course you wouldn't turn right. down James well, she, Bond. Of course, she doesn't mean it. Yeah. Well, no, I'm saying Debatable. It, You know, that's what he's thinking. Yeah. Oh. Right, right, right. So, but they're, they're just like, then there's the, um, the, the woman who you see with the pilot. So the, the way that they steal the missiles is Spectre has an agent who has been spending months, years, whatever, transforming himself into this pilot who is going to be on the plane with these missiles. And, the actual pilot is with this woman and uh, is about to go leave to go do this flight with these missiles. And he is killed and replaced with this specter agent who looks a lot like him and has everything down. You know, he has yeah. become this person so that he can go on this plane. And it's like the woman that he's with, I, I was having trouble like figuring out like, wait, is that Domino or is that another yeah, woman? Um, Cause later on it just gets a little confusing. Um, but I, I will also say that what I'm just, what I was just describing was a very cool thing to watch happen where the, uh, the doppelganger doppelganger specter agent, uh, is on the plane takes the whole thing over crash lands in the ocean. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that was really cool. And then of course they kill him. He's like asking for over 
twice the amount of money he was getting, which was like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, <laughs> which in sixty five is one million dollars. You know, a little different than it is now. You you definitely see so many. There's a, there's a Austin lot Powers of parallels. Austin, Austin Powers got a lot from Thunderball. No. Oh yeah, oh yeah, um, but it's there, and there were a lot of really cool things about this movie. I really loved seeing, you know, the scene where it has all of the double O oh, yeah. agents, you know, sitting down well, and you getting know what's, briefed. What's interesting? They were, I think, originally trying to. And I'm I'm trying to remember if this if I'm trying making sure I'm remembering this for Thunderball or um and not never say never again, but I believe for that scene they were originally trying to get um they were they were trying to get like all the other actors who were playing spies at the time um which I. Th- yeah, to be oh, like really? the other. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm looking for that piece of of trivia. I, I want to make sure I'm not remembering it for Never Say Never Again, which I don't think I am. So, um, I'm not making this up. Well, it, the scene itself is really yes. beautiful. Uh, it's just this large open room. This yeah, is so they what were, you're thinking um, of. So I guess one of the ideas that I think um, it might have been Sean Connery's, but uh, so they were going to have the other double O agents. You were going to see Robert Vaughn and David McCollum from The Man from Uncle, James Coburn from Our Man Flint, Mm -hmm. Michael Caine as Harry Palmer, Dean Martin as Matt Helm, and Robert Culp and Bill Cosby from I Spy. Yeah. And, spy, yeah. Um and then apparently it was like And Rowan Atkinson as Johnny English. Interestingly enough, John, Rowan Atkinson huh? does play a British agent in Never Say Never Again. And there are some does people really? who believe that Johnny English is the evolution of that character who's kind of a fledgling <laughs> young kind of klutzy spy in that he evolves into Johnny English. <laughs> yeah, I feel oh my like God, that's like that's amazing. Fan theory, but <laughs> I'm really glad I made Seriously? that Johnny English joke yeah, because it really yeah. paid off. And <laughs> anyway, it's it's interesting the ties that you know that this movie has to so many other movies. <laughs> yeah. And that scene also parallels so well with the uh, all of the Spectre agents and which is if you've seen mm-hmm. Austin Powers, Dr. Evil's like collection of henchmen or assassins is yes. exactly this. And yeah, I mean, he presses the button and it kills one of them. And it's just like <laughs> Will Ferrell's character. Exactly the same. Yeah. Will Ferrell's yeah. character. Yes. Uh it's it's just cool to watch that kind of stuff. I, and and I, really, I, think, I really enjoyed that. You know, and then, of course, there's like... I was going to say, I'm pretty sorry, sure that ahead. scene is is the... Is that the first time we meet Blofeld, Ernst Blofeld, in, in the series? You'd have... I, I believe so, because if this is the first time we're really seeing Spectre, that's yeah, his thing. I, and it's interesting, I guess, if I could just, you know, pause for a moment. Not pause, but just... Um, tangent a little bit to talk about the kind of 
uniqueness of the James Bond franchise in that if you think about uh-huh. it, each James Bond film, it's like every time they cast a new James Bond, it's kind of a continuation, but also kind of a reboot. There's not, aside from Quantum of Solace and Casino Royale, there's not really much connective thread between them. You don't, it's not like, it's not like if you haven't seen Dr. No, you're not going to get what's going on in Goldfinger. You can just watch Goldfinger and you're going to get who this guy is and you know what his job is. No, they, they stand on their own really well. Um, and just to talk a little bit more about the, the Mm -hmm. Daniel Craig ones, which I think are fantastic when they first when the first one came out, I was, you know, just a little skeptical just because they, the last one before that was the Pierce Brosnan ones, which were, Gold, I don't know. Gold, I mean, the, weird. the Pierce Brosnan set started out well with, with GoldenEye. And I feel like it, it fell off. It fell off maybe. It was GoldenEye. And then I think Tomorrow Never Dies. And then, by the time he was sword fighting Madonna, it, it, yeah, and yeah, it, it was they were a little nutty. But the the Daniel Craig ones, you know, they're they're gritty and they're cool, and uh, there's something about him that's just like, ooh, there's there's darkness there. Oh man, like, Daniel going Craig on with that when guy. they announced him as the new Bond, that wasn't too long after I had seen layer cake and Daniel, Daniel Craig had, I mean, he was in mm-hmm. road to perdition. So he'd been in things prior to that, but man, layer, layer cake, which is Matthew right. Vaughn's uh, directing debut layer cake is such a cool movie. British gangster flick. Daniel Craig is, is the protagonist in it. And I like, I couldn't believe that there were people who were trash talking that, that casting decision, I, when they said Daniel Craig is Bond, I was like, man, that's going to be awesome. And, and it's really cool. And to to go back to your point, yes, they all stand on their own really well. Although Spectre, the last, the latest one, I mean, that's the one that ties all of the Daniel Craig Bond yeah. movies together. Uh, it references all the other ones in a really nice way. And also Christoph Waltz, is I loved him so much as <laughs> as Blofeld. <laughs> I was you didn't I like was it. Spectre. I I was I was disappointed. It was I I think for me Skyfall was so good and so Skyfall and I felt like amazing. by the time I saw Spectre, and I love Christoph Waltz. Inglorious Bastards, Django Unchained, but then it felt like Inspector. It was just, it was Christoph Waltz doing the Christoph Waltz thing in a James Bond movie, which I, I don't know. I, I, I was kind of d- disappointed by it. Yeah. Well, it worked for me. And I only care well, about no, myself. No, 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 no. I mean, so, that's moving that's, on. Hey, you know, opinions, <laughs> variety is the spice. Of no, life. I, you know, some yeah. people, some people <laughs> no, loved um, uh, Roger Moore as James Bond. I just can't. Right. Uh, I try. I watched the Roger Moore Bond films, and 
I just I can't get into the Roger Roger Moore's like my least favorite Bond. So, but and then other people love uh-huh. him. My mother-in-law loves Roger. Loved Roger. Roger Moore passed away recently, oh, by yeah. the way, and I I think we failed to acknowledge that. And so, I don't think I I knew about that. Uh, when a did few that weeks happen? ago, I think in in April. Oh well, no. Oh man, or earlier Bummer. in May, perhaps. As you're right after you talk about how well, you didn't I mean, care for I'm him not, as Bond, like he was fine <laughs> as a person. I mean, I thought you know he was fine. He just wasn't my you know. I enjoyed. I'm I'm like I like Daniel right. Craig. So, it's. I mean, he's just so right for yeah. right now. Now, to take it back to Thunderball, yeah. and to take it back to Sean Connery. Yes. So Sean Connery left. After I think it was 1967 was the last one he did. And I, I drawing a blank on, on which one that was. And then George Lazenby took over for, for one film, which he's actually pretty good. And then, and then Roger Moore did it for the seventies and half of the eighties. And then was Timothy Dalton. Timothy so the Dalton? first the first Bond film I saw in the theater was The Living Daylights. Timothy Dalton saw it at the Blue Star Shopping Center. The General Cinemas there. I know you wanted to know. You know, Dan, I didn't think that we were going to get one of these in this episode, but here we are. Who? Yeah, <laughs> who could tell you? I mean, I I remember it was funny. I could tell you, I saw Spectre like right after we moved to Seattle, and we were still living in that temporary. Uh, housing and Uh so so it's you know it's a distinct memory but yeah so timothy dalton took over and he did the the living daylights and license to kill which i really like it's got some it's 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 got some parts that are really hokey it's got some parts that are great it's got one of one of the better themes which as does thunderball Mm -hmm. um but in the 80s In the 80s, Sean Connery was lured back to play the part of James Bond, but not by Eon Productions, the the Broccoli family who who owned the the rights to the the Ian Fleming novels and to the characters, except for the story of uh, like Thunderball, the royalties to Uh Thunderball were owned by one of the um, collaborators, uh, Kevin McClory. So Kevin McClory owned the rights to to much of the uh, to much of of the story. He was the um, you know one of the screenwriters on it, and he he uh, you know did a, a remake of. Thunderball in the 1980s where where Sean Connery came back and and played Bond in Never Say Never Again uh which I yeah oh, and okay. I which was a I guess a play on the fact that I guess Connery had said to his wife you know I'm I'm never going to play Bond again after after the 60s and then you know sure enough sure enough he did and th- that's such a weird way to 
title. Of, I mean, it's a great title for a Bond movie, but like, it's such a weird way to decide well, on a, the title. The actor it's said something. It's a weird something. way to, I mean, it's just a weird kind of like, it, he, it's, it's not like he could have made another oh so it was he was trying to make his own bond kevin mccloy was trying to make his own bond movie and like he won a lawsuit against ian fleming but it had to be a remake of of thunderball and um (laughs) it's never say never again has a lot of strange connections it was actually planned to open up against Octopussy, which was the James Bond film that year starring yeah. Roger Moore, weird, which which ended up making more money, and that is, is very so bizarre. bizarre. John, there's more bizarre connections, so I we will do go on. So, um, you watch the closing credits, and this is I'm I'm getting this from the IMDb trivia. This is not, I have not been like mm-hmm. digging deep. So there's a credit that says, thanks, AK. And this refers to Adnan Khashoggi, who's a Saudi Arabian arms dealer who allowed them to film on his his yacht. And that yacht was later sold to Donald Trump. Ooh. And it is currently owned by um, one of the princes of Saudi Arabia. Who? Wow. Um, are, we're apparently selling arms to, despite congressional objection. But this is not a political podcast. <laughs> back to, back to Bond. Uh, so uh, there's the there's question evidence then in this movie. is: is there a secret compartment? Is there a secret compartment under the Disco Volante uh, in <laughs> Never Say Never Again that contains all the arms that we're giving to the to the Saudis? Yeah, I guess. I mean, Spectre could be involved. It could be. I don't know. It's crazy. Oh, and you know what? So the martial arts instructor on this movie, a young Steven Seagal. Uh-huh. Yeah, speaking of... Really? Of Russian... Speak. I don't know if I believe that citizenship. Um, no, yeah. In fact, he broke Sean Connery's wrist during filming or during training. He not was a martial arts. He was a martial arts. Yeah, expert. Yeah. he was the trainer on this. So you should listen to. There's a podcast, and I think it's called like Behind the Bastards, and. There's a two-parter episode about Steven Seagal. That man is a big-time monster, and for him to have—I mean, I'd like—I'd like to know what sources are being cited for that information, because Steven Seagal has told a lot of lies about his background and experiences. So I'd be very curious to know what the what the actual sources are Wait, on this. So was Steven Seagal not really in Under Siege? Did he just Photoshop all that shit? No, he was definitely okay. in Under Siege. But Under Siege was a product of his, I, I think, like phony 
persona that he had created for himself. And for him to have done that in 64, 65 would seem pretty surprising. Wait, 64, 65? This is Never Say Never Again, 1983. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You're saying Never yeah. Say Never Again. I was like, how is this oh, possible? You thought, no, because okay. Steven Seagal can travel through time. I mean, he said so. I think Steven Seagal was just <laughs> jealous about Chuck Norris because he believed all of the Chuck Norris things. So Steven Seagal just started making shit up. Yeah, right. What year was Never Say Never Again? 83. Okay. So he would have been pretty young. I mean, just in terms of his career. Um, But I still still would like to know what the sources are because a lot of it still seems very shady. Um, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm reading this article here on uh, Vice... Uh, Fightland, the Fightland blog. And hmm. let's see, it says that <laughs> you're not the only person to, to question this. Um, apparently, Sean Connery said something in an interview about it. Um, you're listening to Dan and John read articles because that's yeah. what we. Uh, well, because you know what i I thought that I thought that it would be really easy to like to find out, but um, oh, okay. So apparently, uh, he so Sean Connery told um, told the story uh, when he was promoting The Rock. Okay, and he told it on the Tonight Show. Okay. So uh, apparently verified, but it also makes a little bit more sense now that we know that we're talking about the 80s because above the law was 88, I think. Sure. Yeah. So he was kicking around Hollywood, but like for him to have been a fight (laughs) choreographer kicking around Hollywood, that's totally the title of his memoir. Nice. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I would I would recommend checking out the. those podcast episodes that I mentioned, because there's a lot about his past that is up for debate. We'll just say. Interesting. Well, yeah, no, they refer to him as even in this article, which is from like 2015, they are, they're citing his Munchausen-esque reputation. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, and I want to take it back though, to never say never again, John, because uh, so I, I said earlier that um, Adolfo Celli as uh, Largo in Thunderball, he's he's great. And, uh, he's he's a great villain. Like you just there's no I think what I love about a lot of the old Bond villains is they didn't try to humanize. They didn't try to like make them nice. They right. didn't try to like make you feel bad for them. So. Like, this is just like, they are just greedy people who are, like, determined to, you know, create a new world order based in violence and and terrorism. And now in Never Say Never Again, which I did not like it as much as Thunderball, part of it might have been the uh, skeeviness of watching Sean Connery at that point, I forget how I don't not sure how old he must have been, but watching Sean Connery make out with Kim Basinger, mm. Basinger, 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 I'm not sure, but her, Kim, um, Vicky Vale, 
watching Vic, her Vic, and Vicky she, Vale. She, I like Batman. Thirty years of Bat Dance. So Kim Basinger, <laughs> <laughs> Honey Hornet. Moving on, Honey. So watching her make out with with Sean Connery when there's like definitely at least like a thirty year age difference was uh, that was a little strange and I thought like the pace was definitely like I definitely nodded off watching it. There are some pretty cool sequences, but my favorite part of the movie is. Maximilian Largo, who's played hmm. by Klaus Maria Brandauer, okay, who, um, Austri- Austrian actor, I believe, who's um, most of his work has been done in uh, European film, but he plays he plays Largo in this. He he doesn't have a eye patch. He's not number two, and um, oh, and Max von Sydow plays Blofeld. Oh really? Which is, yeah. I mean, you know, it's he's he's fine because he's Max von Sydow. He's yeah. pretty, you know, pretty much awesome and everything. He does his thing. Yeah, yeah. Might have been the same year as Strange Brew, in fact. So, yeah, <laughs> um, big year for Max. So, so Klaus Maria Brandauer is is a highlight. As is Barbara Carrera as Fatima Blush, who's I think her name is Fiona in the. She's like the other agent. In, right. Yeah. So she's she's like agent Spectre agent like 12 in this. Mm-hmm. And she's just kind of crazy. Apparently, Barbara Carrera turned down a role in Octopussy to play this role because she wanted to work with Sean Connery and in fact declined a body double for her love scenes with Sean Connery. <laughs> so I guess for Barbara Carrera, I guess there's a reason why Barbara Carrera's performance is loaded with energy. I think she's the only Bond girl to ever be nominated for an award. She was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actress for huh. Never Say Never Again. Cool. Uh, and and her performance is a Way lot of go fun. Babs. So I'd say it's definitely worth watching, but it, it's worth watching for Klaus Maria Brandauer and Barbara Carrera. And I mean, Sean Connery is Bond. You know, it's fun and it's it's great to see Kim Basinger there's better better roles to to see her in um you know I'm trying to remember the character's name in LA Confidential Uh, watch LA Confidential supporting actress for there you go LA LA Confidential is a great movie so so that's the remake of Thunderball Never Say Never Again which it's strange to me that they would make a 007 film without the intention of building a new fran- a franchise. Who knows why people do anything at all? Although, oh, and you know, interesting, just interesting tidbit of info, but they, one of the producers on the film was uh, Mr. Jack Schwartzman. Oh, okay. Father of Jason Schwartzman, husband of Talia Shire, Adrian Right. Of the Rocky series and also of The Godfather. Doesn't he, isn't he also a cinematographer or am I giving him a career that he doesn't actually have? I know that he's directed, but anyway. Jack Schwartzman. Yeah. Oh, and as we stated earlier, Rowan Atkinson pops up in this as, as, a uh, little comic relief. He's an agent assisting Bond. We, he d- does not 
go by Johnny English in this. <laughs> not yet. That's not until no. uh, the 2000s. Um, so, Dan. Yes. Yes, Thunderball has technically been rebooted. But if you were to do anything with it, what might you do? Clearly, there have been sequels. So... Well, but it, yeah, kind of sort of sequels. I think yeah. there are a lot of elements of Thunderball that could be kind of renewed and used in newer Bond flicks. Sure. So I I think that's kind of, you know, what you do, what you do with it. I think, oh, you know what I was, I was, I'm wondering, oh man, I'm sorry. I got to go back to, uh, <laughs> to never say never again. <laughs> Just because there's some some messed up stuff in it. And by and by the way, actually, to Christoph Waltz's credit, as I was watching Klaus Maria Brandauer, I did think I was like, this guy was the Christoph Waltz of the 80s. So really, you don't think it would have been Max von Sydow? No, no, <laughs> um, no. Christoph, like Christoph Waltz, I actually would have loved to have seen Christoph Waltz in that role. So huh. if you were going to bring back the role of Largo, I uh-huh. mean, you, I, you couldn't do it now, but. Christoph Waltz would have been would have been a great choice for that. And I also Felix Leiter, who's James Bond's like CIA counterpart. Right. He pops up in this. And I always wondered why they didn't try to do a spinoff. I didn't care for his character at all in Thunderball. No, No, he just seemed like a goofy waste of space. I guess in Never Say Never Again, Bernie Casey plays him in Never Say Never Again, so he's uh-huh. more badass. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess w- there there are some things. Oh, there's also this sequence where they've got, like, they're in, they don't specify which North African country, but I'm pretty sure it's it's supposed to be Libya. Mm-hmm. And they at one point, like, all these just stereotypically Arab men wearing turbans and carrying machine guns have Kim Basinger tied to a pole. And they're basically like auctioning her off. She's like just in like her, her unmentionables and they are auctioning her off on a pole. And so anyway, I would not bring that sequence back, but (laughs) I would definitely bring back, I would be really, I, I feel like the shark pool is something that could be, it could be done again and could be done in a new and inventive way that's not hokey or not like, oh my God, no. oh, get me freaking sharks with freaking laser beams. Yeah. Like, I feel like you could do, maybe like if you make them like, or maybe they're like sharks that have been, um, they've been fed steroids and the, and so they're like really just like they've got roid rage they're roid rage sharks and they're just like oh, i want to fucking eat something ah! <laughs> so the roid rage sharks i think would be a good idea uh, i'm as i said i enjoyed the underwater spear gun fight so uh-huh. i wonder if you could do an updated version of that yeah i mean I mentioned before how an issue that I had was that when you're underwater and using scuba gear, you can't speak. So I think that if there was some sort of, you know, if we're making it now, like some sort of updated scuba apparatus that lets you communicate verbally, um, I think that that could be kind of cool. Not like speakers on it or anything, but, you know, 
two-way communication. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, I might have to respectfully, I not necessarily disagree, but disagree about the the need for the dialogue or just some sort of ticking clock. Oh, stay. I mean, stakes. Yes. Yeah. Because, and I'm just thinking about like other underwater sequences. Um, like thinking about, I think it was ghost protocol, uh, mission impossible movie where he's, or was it? No, it wasn't fallout. Probably ghost protocol where he's underwater or wait, was it? Rogue Nation. Maybe, no, it was Rogue Nation. He's underwater and he's he's like only got a limited amount of time for however long he can hold his breath to like do all this stuff and there's all these things happening. And it's like, that's really exciting underwater stuff. And I think that if there was some sort of spear gun fight where like there was no breathing apparatus or he was given that breathing apparatus by Q that has a, a four minute limit on it so it's like mm-hmm. what if you only had one of those you know or it's it's got a four minute limit and then it it has to self-destruct so that bond's fighting with somebody and like as it says 359 he like jams it into their like scuba equipment and shoves them away <laughs> and they, they i mean i don't you can't really have I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess the the thing with the new Bond movies is what sets them apart from the Brosnan ones is like the Brosnan ones got very cartoony. Yeah. So it, it would have to be realistic. And I agree there. I think just being underwater, like there's high stakes because any, especially if you're fighting and you're, if you're fighting with spear guns, it, you know, it could pierce anything. But let's say, I mean, let, let's say you've got a, <laughs> Let's say they decide to also take some elements of speed too. And they maybe there's like explosives on a ship as it's about to die. Or no, not I not speed too, because I think it's gotta be like a military ship that's mm-hmm. about to like dock in a crowded port. Yeah. And there's And as we all like, know, military ships don't have cruise control. Right. <laughs> Go on. Very nice. All right. Um so yeah, I, I just I feel like there's a way to incorporate to take that element, the element of the under because I felt there was also that like our, what happens if a spear like pierces the right. you know, the scuba tank or you know well so, so many bad things could happen. Yeah, I mean with filmmaking technologies now, you could do that more effectively. Whereas in '65, you couldn't. It'd be difficult right. to a- accomplish that effectively. You know, so I think. I think that would be so I think actually that's an element that would be really cool to to update. Uh, there's also, you know, there was a pretty cool chase sequence in Never Say Never Again, which was Bond was on a motorcycle and it was like just all these cars and they they eventually they got him like trapped in this in this tunnel. I feel like that that's another one that would be interesting to to bring back. I don't know what what do you think? What would you do? Well, I think that there's a lot of elements from this that work great. Clearly, the the missile heist from the beginning is really cool. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. And like hiding the plane underwater is so crazy. I love it. Um, the whole thing about giving people facial reconstructive surgeries and all this stuff to like 
become another person. I feel like that's something that, that I would like to see more of. And sorry, what's up? Passenger 57. Oh, passenger 57 kind of, uh, fair enough. They took that to the next level. (laughs) So, uh, just saying. And, and then, um, was something that I really like about like the Daniel Craig bond, as opposed to Sean Connery bond, Sean Connery bond is like so horny that he's kind of blinded by it, like almost to a fall. Whereas like Daniel Craig, yes, he beds lots of women, but it's done in a way where it's like, there's kind of a purpose for it. And also consent. And there's also consent. That's true. And yeah, it's just like, how does this guy get anything done with how horny he just always is? And it's like, he knows going into it that it's kind of pointless in the first place. Whereas like, if he's doing it for tactical reasons, like in, in Thunderball, he does sleep with, you know, one of the specter agents and it's, he knows going into it. And, but I feel like there are like the woman at the beginning, Patricia, who gives no consent. It's like, there is no reason to do that other than just like dudes horny. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in doing this movie again, clearly keeping it to just like only for the reasons that he would need to do it. Um, (laughs) otherwise it's just like, we get it. He's, are you slut shaming James Bond? Yes, I am. You're yes, good. He deserves it. Well, or also it's just like, we don't need to know about all of his escapades. There's no purpose to show everything anyway. Um, so the other things that I would definitely, I mean, I do love the shark, the shark pool. Um, it's, it's just one of those like nice cla- shark pool. It's a very nice shark pool that you can tell they must have a good shark guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a very cool thing to see him in there. Uh, the, there's like the little chase scene where he's, he's going through and shutting off the power and doing all that stuff. I really like things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. that just feel very like spy like, yeah. Yeah. Whereas I feel like I, I would get rid of anything where he's just like palling around with Largo, you know, just like, uh, I, I feel like there needs to be, there needs to be more of a reason and there needs to be less of the, we know who each other, we like, we know who we are. Well, if there I, was something like that, I would want there to be a reason why they're not killing each other but like i'm gonna point out i was trying to think of a good example of a bond film that actually does that license to kill Uh with timothy dalton does a really good job of i feel like bond infiltrates the like the bad guys whatever like their drug trafficking network in that without Without it being like, huh, there's like, there's like a little bit of a, huh, that guy's kind of (laughs) new. Like, yeah, there's a little bit of that, but there's not, but there's not as much as like, oh yes, that's James Bond. He's British Secret Service. He's definitely here to like investigate us and shut us down. Let's invite him for tea. Yeah. So 
Another thing about Thunderball that we didn't talk about is, you know, we talked about the scene where all of the double O agents are together and they are. So what they do is they're brief because they play an audio recording saying we are holding these missiles for ransom. And I think, was it like a hundred million dollars or something like that? It, it's something along. It's definitely more than a million dollars, but it's definitely where Austin Powers is getting that from. Yeah. And essentially all of the agents are tasked with like shutting this down and bond. He, he follows a lead. That's not really like doesn't sit well with the, you know, M with M exactly, but he's kind of like going on a hunch. And of course, obviously it turns out to be the thing, but like all of the other agents are also trying to figure this out. So I would like to see interplay <laughs> with other agents. Um, mm. You know, we, I don't, I mean, clearly there's been 24 bond movies. I don't know if there's ever been a time where you have like a bunch of double O agents. You're pointing to me. What's up? Beginning of Goldeneye, actually. So Sean Bean's character was was he 006? Well, that Sean Bean's character, that one, but he is he he's like killed at the beginning, or is he? I don't remember <laughs> right. if he actually was. Um, uh, no, I no, that was the correct. Or is he? But that's the um, but that's the beginning. Like I would love to see them, you know, working to get like he's he's stuck. So he calls upon like a bunch of the other ones, you know, mm-hmm. to, to go, you know, something like that where it's just like, what are they, what are the other ones doing? Are they so far off course that they're just nowhere to be seen again? Like, does no one else follow any leads that take them down this path? You know, that, that, that kind of raises an interesting question and I'm not saying that they should do this, but it's interesting that there's never that there hasn't been an attempt to expand the, you know, the, kind of the Bond universe yeah. and have other. I mean, I guess it would just be like kind of repetitive or it's like, oh, it's a Bond movie, but with somebody else who's not James Bond. But I'd be interested if you if you had the other double O agents, not necessarily like if you kind of had it where the different double O agents were assigned to different missions based on what was required. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, Oh, all right. There, there's a lot of, there's a lot of women that we get information from. So we'll send James Bond in for this one. But then it's like, there's another one who's played by, yeah. Then there's Johnny English. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it's like, there's, yeah, there's a lot there's of another one. I, I, I keep thinking like Danny DeVito. I don't know. there, But He's not British, uh, you know, so I'm just wondering, it, it would be interesting to see, to see that, but yeah, it would be interesting to, to see them also like work together and right. have him get, get the team together. Yeah. I mean, aside from that, I, I mean, it'd be weird to talk about casting or anything like that because this is something that is always in motion. Um, I I always love hearing whenever there's the rumors of like maybe it'll be Idris Elba because I think that he would be awesome. Um Yeah. Beyond that though, I you know, 
I have no real thoughts because I, I just love the way that the the Daniel Craig ones have gone. And that really surprised yeah. me because I was I had no interest when that kind of kicked into gear. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely, I did. And I was really pleased with Casino Royale and I've enjoyed, I mean, I've enjoyed all of them, but Casino Royale and, and Skyfall were just. The, in Skyfall, Javier, Bar, Javier Bardem kills it so hard. Like, oh yeah. He makes you just like really love those villains. Like, I feel like he was the first in that group of like really good villains. Cause was it uh casino Royale or quantum of solace with like the whole water thing? Well, they, well there, it was uh, so it, I think that was quantum of solace casino right. Royale was, I remember the, it was Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, was right. The, the villain. He had like the blood from his eye. That was oh, pretty yeah. cool. That's a, yeah. and that's, that was very, very cool. That's right. And and he was a good Bond villain. The the Quantum of Solace one, I forget that guy's name, but he was like fine. Um, but Javier Bardem just like really did it for me. Yeah, yeah. So I guess I we're so I guess uh, to talk a little bit more about Bond because I don't know when we'll come back to this. Yeah, I guess. Um, so favorite themes, favorite villains, favorite Bonds. <laughs> We've talked about favorite Bonds. <laughs> I mean. I, I think I just kind of said favorite villain. Um, but is I, Javier Bardem in Skyfall your favorite villain? I think he might be. And I haven't seen all of the Bond movies. And mm-hmm. even if I had, I probably don't remember 75% of them. Like, Because <laughs> Wayne Newton plays a Bond villain in License to Kill. And yeah, he's pretty. Wayne Newton <laughs> and Robert Davi. Huh. That's a fun Bond flick. Yeah, I I mean Javier Bardem is 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 up there. I I need to go back and watch a lot of them. And, and Go- Goldfinger is just kind of iconic. Inspector is the like main thug. Is that Dave Batista? Yeah. So good. David, yeah. Hey, you don't have to sell me on Batista. <laughs> I've been a I've been a fan of Dave Batista since uh yeah, since he was power bombing suckers on WWF <laughs> raw. Well, WWE. I, I just love the scene in specter where it is the, you know, it's the specter big meeting or whatever. And mm-hmm. he's like, which one of my like henchmen is going to go find bond. And like somebody else is like chosen. And then Dave Batista like kills him. <laughs> it's like, yeah, so cool. He was, I thought Batista was such a cool throwback to like the old school, like the, um, the, in Goldfinger, he had the guy who like had the hat with the blade that sure. like cut the head off a statue. Yeah. So the Batista was a great throwback to that kind of like enforcer. Yeah. I mean, he the, doesn't have a single line in the movie and he's just yeah, like, he, he says one thing. What does he say? It's about because it's it's just as it's as he's about to die because isn't like he's like on a train he's like fighting oh, Bond right. on a train and then he's about to get like yanked off the train like at a high and he's like I think his one the one thing he says is like shit yeah right <laughs> and it's and but and and he's and as we know from you know, Guardians of the Galaxy he's got this great deadpan delivery where he's. He's very funny. He's got a new movie coming out with Kumail Nanjiani. Stuber. 
Stuber, which which looks pretty funny. I'm sure it's going to be great. And he's got another one, My Spy, where he's like teamed up with a little girl. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, which <laughs> looks like his version of The Pacifier. It's your right of pa- The Pacifier, yeah. Mr. Nanny, Kindergarten Cop. Yeah. Uh, the right. Did John, has John Cena done one yet? <laughs> uh, the, wait, which one did The Rock do? The Tooth Fairy. The Tooth Fairy, but I don't know. I didn't. I didn't see that one. But I didn't. Anyway, no, I didn't. See it. Uh, no. So yeah, I feel like we've really gone over as much as we possibly can go over with with Thunderball. It's and never say never again. And never say never again. So, but Thunderball because it is the fourth film in the James Bond franchise. This is the final film of our May the Fourth Be With You uh, theme for the month of May, which our series. Thank you for uh, for going along on that ride with us. <laughs> we appreciate, as always, we appreciate your indulgence. Yeah, and I hope it continues. So, our we we've kind of retooled our uh, the way we're going to go about these themes, and uh, what we're going to do instead of devoting the entire episode, we're going to have a a lighter type of theme so next month it'll be movies that were released in the month of june not not a huge theme but we will have more abstract themes uh for kind of like little burst conversations so uh for the month of june we are going to and what we're going to do is is just recast the main characters. We're not going to go into too much more. So for the month of June, we will be doing the films of June Squibb. Celebrating the work and career of June Squibb. Yeah, but probably Academy not Award any of her characters, just just the fact that she was in them. Right. Yes, correct. You may know June Squibb from Nebraska or about Schmidt. Yeah. Yeah, she and she's done a lot of television too. Um, yeah, and she's and she's great. But uh, earlier in her career, she was in a lot of like um, very well-known films. Whether you like them or not, uh, she was in a bunch of but them. But that's yeah. So so she'll be so we'll be talking about uh, June's uh, on on our in our June episodes. We'll be talking about the, the films of June Squibb. Yeah, so uh next episode we're going to talk we're going to recast uh Scent of a Woman. Yes. Can I get and a hooah? We are, hooah. <laughs> I, you we know go. what man, I wish we got to get uh my buddy Caesar Gracia who um stand up Miami-based stand up comic who just he does my favorite Al Pacino and uh-huh. we know there's a lot of Al Pacino impressions out there but Caesar's is just my favorite. Well maybe so. we can uh, have him do a little like voice memo recording and we can play it. That that would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, uh so so and also our- yeah if, if anybody has any casting recommendations for Scent of a Woman you can mail them email them to uh ruinedchildhoodspod at gmail.com. Um you could message us at our Instagram Rune Childhoods Pod. Yeah. Um, but we got to talk about what we're actually going to be doing next week for, for our full episode. So we'll be celebrating the the 25th anniversary of the the June release of Speed. 1994's Speed, Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. That's Academy Award winner Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. 
Dame Sandra Bullock. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, all right, uh, just a just a Lady quick, Sandra of House Bullock. Just a just a quick um, a quick aside. I I play a stupid like golf game on my phone whenever I'm like trying to get to sleep or whatever. And the name that I use for all of my uh, games on my phone is always Judy Dench. And uh, some guy on the, playing this golf game was like, so that's the name you chose? And I was like, Dame Judy Dench was too long. Dame Judy Dench was already taken by Dame Judy Dench. Yeah. Some other guy was like, I like the name. And I was like, Th- oh, thanks. It's short for Dame Judith Dench. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if Judy Dench was like on there playing that same game with you? Like, and- Why is my name taken? We got into it with her and then eventually you had to like fight and whoever gets to win gets to keep the name and then you win. <laughs> oh, um, I, I retain rights to that name when it comes to <laughs> iOS video games. I've said it right here. Um, so anyway, yeah. Right. What to happens us, when I- Maggie Smith comes along? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Things are going to hey, get an Abbey movie bloody. trailer. What's that? New Downton Abbey movie oh, trailer. I did see I haven't that. watched it yet. But. So I, I watched it just to talk about this really quickly. So it's funny because <laughs> the, the the plot of the Downton Abbey movie is that the queen is coming to Downton. So things are getting crazy. And oh, yeah. I was thinking about it and it's just like, I feel like people will be more excited that like Maggie Smith was coming than the queen. I don't know. Like these days, I feel like Wait. if someone was like, Maggie Smith is coming, like all hell would break. She's loose. already there. But I'm just talking about like, yes, her character Who's playing is the queen. There. That's what I want to know. Well, it's 19. It's movie set in 1927. So um, it would be I, it, I mean, it would be great if it was. Uh, oh, um why am I drawing a blank on her name? She won an Oscar for playing Helen Mirren. Oh, Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren. I would love great. for it to be Helen Mirren. I don't. Anyway, yeah. we're not talking about that. We're wrapping no. things up. We're email wrapping things up. Email at gmail.com. <laughs> right. Send us an email, record a little voice memo and send it to us. We'll play it on the show. Oh, and if you have like things about speed, if you have ideas about speed, what, where could, where, where does the franchise go? Or any movie that we've talked about on the show, really. Yeah. If you listen to us talk about Citizens on Patrol and you're just like, oh, but I have such a great idea. Then like, we still want to hear it just because it's, we know been, you've got opinions, share yeah. them. We, all right believe we, me lord knows we do believe me we would love to hear your opinions on yeah. rebooting citizens on patrol <laughs> all right john on that note good journey dan a good journey to you so long I'm a smooth bastard, I tell them I love them Then I fuck off back to London on my jetpack That's how I roll I need heaps of gadgets cause I carry a shit gun After killing my enemies I like to make shit puns like the time I asked this guy Who was crushed by a milk truck Got milk as he died
sluts eat my dick Because I'm swab, you can suck it I'll ski on your lunch if I want Take a stroll on the heads of some reptiles Then act heaps nonchalant I've slept with Dr. Quinn I've been to outer space If you try to fuck with me I'll mess up your stupid face with judo I seem to get younger as I get older I'm always being handed lots of important folders This martini is shithouse, it should be a lot colder Hey bartender, you're a cunt Before I go, I'll let you know The number of hoes I fucked like a pro 839